We promised that we would put more money in the pockets of the people of Ontario. And today we are pleased to say, promise made, promise kept. The cap and trade carbon tax is officially gone. And we want to congratulate the Minister of the Environment, yeah. Conservation yeah. and Parks for his leadership on this file. All right, Vic Fideli earlier today in the legislature with a fall economic statement talking about, amongst other things, killing cap and trade, uh, although some critics point out not just on the climate change uh, front, but also losing that amount of revenue on an annual basis, about $2 billion, uh, have to make that up somewhere, somehow. And uh, this is one of the flies in the ointment. Although Mr. Fideli did say the province has a spending problem, not a revenue problem. So let's find out how this all squares with Sandy Shaw, the NDP's finance and treasury board critic and the MPP for Hamilton West and Castor Dundas. Sandy, good to have you back on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Good to be here. So, you know, Fideli and the Conservatives, are they right insofar as suggesting the province has a spending problem, not a revenue problem? I mean, $347 billion debt deficit is 15, well, they've reduced it by, uh, from $15 billion to 14.5. Uh, but still, uh, do we have a problem with spending? So, uh, I, uh, during the campaign and right till this very moment, will, will they release their fall economic statement? I cannot tell you whether this government is spending or this government is cutting. It's not quite clear. I mean, we know that, that this budget, they're talking about uh, $3.2 billion cuts in services that are it's really going to hurt everyday people, so that's quite clear. But when they talk about how they've saved um, money, I mean, I, I hear the Treasury Board uh, and the Minister talking about cutting their landlines and, you know, I don't know, printing on both sides of the paper. So I don't see that they have a clear uh, uh, path to cutting expenses other than cutting services that people really rely on. Well, all right. Or they want to grow the economy, I guess, is another way. And, uh, you know, that would include uh, a larger tax base. Just out of curiosity, from the NDP's uh, vantage point, how would you address this debt and deficit? I'm guessing you assume it's a problem as much as I do, right? Well, absolutely. But the thing that is important to the New Democrats, and we laid out a clear plan during the campaign, is that we understand that we do need to get our, our, you know, our financial and fiscal house in order. But we don't want to do that on the backs of everyday average people. And so we had a clear plan that moved uh, to balance in a really prudent and uh, reasonable manner. It was laid out. This government currently, in this fall economic statement, they don't even have a plan to address the debt at this point. Well, all right. Uh, I guess much of the plan, if I recall, that uh, the NDP had uh, involved taxing the one percent. It involved taxing. Uh, it involved a tax to the wealthiest amongst us. It was absolutely a tax for people that feel that that can pay their fair share. But it just wasn't individuals. It was taxing the most wealthy, uh, profitable corporations in the province of Ontario as well. So you know, p- corporations uh, as well they benefit from the things that the government provides, like an educated workforce. I mean, you talked about work, growing the tax base and expanding, you know, the economy. Well, you need to do that uh, with educated healthy workforce and that's the kind of thing that things like health care and education pays for all right but increasing taxes on these companies as well uh, puts them at a competitive disadvantage doesn't it well that's what you know if so that is that has not always borne out. I mean, in fact, if you look at the province of Ontario, we have one of the lowest uh, tax rates, combined tax rates um, across Canada. And even if you look at 
our you know our closest trading partners, if you will. So you know Michigan and New York State. We our our tax rate is very competitive uh, to our trading partners, if you will. And as I said earlier, you know it, the province of Ontario to date has a, a pro, you know has a, a, a healthy environment for people that want to invest here because we have an educated workforce because we you know, have people that can access currently up until this point, uh, you know, health care and so on. Let's talk about the cost of doing business because oftentimes I hear from business people, they come on this show and they talk about, uh, you know, the red tape and regulation that is stifling their competitive advantage, if you will, uh, and it's hurt them and a lot of businesses have uh, just up and left. So the government's addressed that with the low-income individuals and families tax credit. The lift right. that they say will benefit 1.1 million people across the province, providing low-income and minimum wage workers up to $850 in Ontario personal income tax relief. And for couples, that's $1,700. That's in lieu of the minimum wage going up to $15. Right. Uh, it's going to stay at 14 for the foreseeable future. Any problem with that tax relief for the minimum wage worker? Well, I would say at the outset, the biggest problem with that tax break is that often the minimum wage workers, low-income workers, they don't even earn enough to pay tax in the first place. So this is a, a break that won't, will be meaningless to them. And as you said, this is in the context of a government that's rolling back some of the provisions that were really important to w- individuals that are, that are you know, working below the poverty line or low-income workers. I mean, it's not only the provision to increase the minimum wage. I mean, this is a government that's taking away two paid sick days uh, for, for workers. And so or even, you know, even the fact that they are taking away the provision to make sure that if part-time workers earn the same amount as full-time workers. And really what the concern there is that we'll just incentivize people to hire part-time workers. And, and so what we end up with is, you know, an economy of part-time jobs and precarious work, which is precisely what we're, you know, we're trying to move away from. And, you know, the previous Liberal government brought in these changes way too late. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, they had 15 years to move the minimum wage up in a, in a, in a predictable way, in a way that small businesses could absorb uh, into, their, into their costs and to ensure that they remained profitable. And so they brought them in, you know, hurriedly, uh, it, it, you know, and that did create some, some difficulty for small businesses. But at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're, a province is only as the, is only does really is only um, as good as the, the people in the province. And so, if we have people that can't afford uh, housing, can't afford their health care, and th- that we do not have a competitive, healthy landscape for small businesses. Well, interesting that you would concede that point that the Liberals were trying to rush this minimum wage thing because that was one of the complaints from businesses across this province that I've heard directly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, this is where the government comes in again with their Fair Workplaces Better Jobs Act uh, that they killed, and they replaced it instead with this uh, the low-income individuals and families tax credit, the lift. They are no, it's the Ontario Economic, uh, whatever it is. I can't remember the title per se, but the small businesses who had to pay out two paid sick days in addition to other things where, you know, temporary workers or part-timers would be getting the same uh, because it was comparable work, but they didn't have the seniority or the experience necessarily. This is going to reduce employer costs by $1.4 billion in this next coming year. That's what the government says. So doesn't small business deserve a break as well? Absolutely, small business deserves a break, and that and that we understand that small business is one of the economic engines of Ontario. We all understand that, but that this is that we need to move 
uh, we need to look at the entire picture. We need to support workers. I mean, you cannot have a healthy, thriving economy. You can't have profitable uh, small businesses if you don't have uh, workers and you don't have people in the province that can afford to live here. Beginning with Sandy Shaw, the NDP's Finance and Treasury Board critic, uh, I've got to ask you about something else contained in the fall economic statement. It had to do with rent control. Right. And uh, they've now lifted the control for any premises that would be rented after November the 15th, if it's a a new premise, that is. So uh, it does really open it up to, you know, developers wanting to have a return on their investment in capital uh, because the argument went uh, when rent controls came in under the Liberal government. People just stopped doing purpose-built apartments because, and turned them into condos instead to realize their return on investment. Don't you see this as a boon to building again and perhaps affordable housing being eased up? Well, the, this removing rent controls will never uh, contribute to more affordable housing units. It just is, is not, it's not, it's not a measure that will, will do that. In fact, I mean, if you look at downtown Toronto, uh, I'm from Hamilton, we, you, there's cranes in the sky already that, that they're building. But the problem is... But those are condos. Exactly. And so, but the, the problem here is if we remove rent controls, there, there is no incentive at this point for, pe- for developers to do anything other than ensuring that they are, this is a profit-driven uh, supply. It really will never, unless there's uh, provisions put in place to ensure that, I mean... No, but like if they're competing, if they're competing, the market would then just uh, mean that more and more people would compete and try to entice folks to uh, come and live in their premises that they're renting out, and that competition uh, would spur development. So, you know, we've had rent control before, and we've had it lifted, and it doesn't seem that at the end of the day, we, we've lived in errors of both of that, and at the end of the day, we still end up with not, with this affordable housing crisis that we have now. It's, so it's not just about you know, it's not just about low-income people or social housing. It's just about average people in the city of Toronto, as you know, that are driven out. And I think that lifting, uh, removing rent controls for new units, it, you know, it, maybe it will incent developers to build more units, but who's going to be able to access those units at the end of the day? Certainly not people that are not getting their, you know, uh, their increase in the minimum wage or that are, you know, that are struggling just to retain a job. Well, all right. Uh, that's sort of a different, uh, say, stratum of people. Uh, I get it, but there's still affordable housing issues that are confronting folks who are uh, maybe making up to six figures. And Absolutely, they... exactly. So, I mean, renting may be the option if they can't afford a condo and the condo market's been torrid it's the one that's been uh growing most significantly over the last year or year and a half however sandy uh, i'll leave you on that note i appreciate your weighing in on some matters of the fall economic statement earlier welcome. today and uh, we'll talk again down the road thanks Good for your to time talk to you again no no uh, you're not doing any impersonations today. <laughs> I, i'm not uh you know i parked that for now you just berated me the last time i skulked <laughs> off in shame <laughs> well you know you shamed me publicly no, and i thought did a good job you know, you, you did a good job in the second one. But so next time, I, I'll look forward to the next impersonation. All right. Well, we'll have to do that then. I'll practice. I'll brush up on that. I don't want to stick my head above the parapet here and have the NDP shoot it off. Uh, she recalled that. That was about a month ago, wasn't it? I did some bad impression of Pacino, I think, in uh, Scarface. That's what it was. And she nailed me on that.